0: yeah, I'll teach you the mechanics of the system and the underlying foundation. But if it's truly true, there will be application way beyond that.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, we get mail. Do you know that?
0: We get a lot of mail. (laughs) We do.
1: It was actually your idea to have a mailbag episode. When we were talking about this earlier, it felt a little bit like, wow, we're going to be reading fan letters to ourselves. Is that okay?
0: It's better than reading hate mail. (laughs) This is true. We don't get any of that.
1: None of that. Well, sometimes we get complaints and concerns, and we try to address those. Frustrations. (laughs) Yeah. We have a great customer service team, and they all know how to help people be happy. Because, Best in the West. Yes. And yes. in the East. <laughs> yes. So let me open up the first piece of fan mail. <laughs> these, these actually came from a variety of sources. Some of these were emails. Some mm-hmm. of these were actual letters, and some of them came from our iTunes podcast Feed where people can go and rate us. Oh, we've had many, many people rate us there, which is really fun. And I just enjoy very much reading their comments. So, like I said, a smattering of places. And so I'm going to read them and then I'm going to invite you to maybe elaborate a little bit on perhaps what they said. Okay, sure. Short of doing a complete podcast on (laughs) the topic, right? So, Amanda gushes. How about that? Oh, Substitutes for said. Here we go.
0: Substitutes for said. (laughs) Yes.
1: Amanda gushes. One of the reasons I love IEW so much is that it took our 10-year-old son from saying, I hate writing to, I guess writing isn't so bad. And Mr. Poodiwa is kind of funny to, I actually had fun writing today. So kind of like a progression there, right? Our younger children enjoy watching along with their big brother, even though they are not required to do so, and enjoy Mr. Poudois' jokes as well. They tell me that they can't wait to start their lessons with him too.
0: Love love to hear those. Uh, You know, I think probably the thing that touches most of us are the transformations Mm -hmm. that occur. You know, people who have uh, children that at hate writing and they're stressed and there's they're fighting over it or they're feeling a sense of despair and don't know what to do right and then somehow fortuitously they find something that we've got and try it out and you know the videos are, are very catching they do grab the kids right off mm-hmm. and that's a plus but mm-hmm. but it's the process yes. that's the power the power is not in the jokes <laughs> the jokes might be a little bit of bait, but the hook <laughs> is the process that allows them to be successful.
1: Right, right. And I, and I like to say, you might have a child who hates to write. We're going to move them along the spectrum of maybe liking writing a little more. We won't necessarily guarantee that they'll love to write, but that often happens so as well. Well,
0: yes, but you know, I'm often telling people especially kids that I meet at conferences or whatever, you don't have to like this. There's no rules that you have to like writing. <laughs> I personally don't like writing. I know that's true. You have to babysit me with <laughs> threats or bribes in order to get me to finish an article on time.
1: Which we have another article you know you have to yeah, write. Yeah, I know. So <laughs>
0: that's why I ask about it. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. I like having written something. Mm-hmm. I like being done. I like seeing it finished There's a sense of accomplishment there. Mm -hmm. But the process is not something I really would say, oh, I'm just going to enjoy the next three hours while I hammer this thing out. It's more kind of a Gethsemane thing. It's like, (laughs) you know, if this cup could pass from me. So I I guess that understanding helps me relate to the kids Mm -hmm. and and the parents. And, And a lot of them have that. Idea that somehow you have to like something mm. in order to be able to do it or right. do it well. Right. But I don't think that's necessarily true.
1: So maybe while you're wor- working on this article, we can have someone pop in every now and then and tell you a good
0: joke. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Only if it's a new joke. And nobody around here knows any no jokes knows. I don't no, know. So no, that
1: would be you. Okay, let me read another one. This one's from Jane Cooper. She says, I'm so grateful to have found IEW. I've only been with you since last summer, but it has made such a difference in homeschooling my son. Not just the writing side, which I so needed help with, but in all aspects. I often hear Andrew's words of wisdom in my head, but the one I most needed to hear was, you cannot help your child too much. I was guilty of letting my son flounder just because he should know what to do by now but now i model and model and model some more
0: oh i love to hear that you know we we focus on the language arts mm-hmm. we focus on developing the listening speaking reading writing thinking skills there is an underlying fabric to everything that we do mm-hmm. it was a gift to me from the the influences in my life i would say people i never met such as maria montessori mm-hmm people I was blessed to meet and spend time with, like Dr. Suzuki, Lendoman, Dr. Webster. All of that, you know, kind of came into my way of thinking about teaching, and it it had a chemical reaction, I guess, and kind of uh, bubbled together. Hmm. And it is very, very gratifying to be able to teach one thing, but have that one thing that seems specific have this general application. Sure. Because yeah. of the fiber, a woman I met, oh gosh, probably t- almost thirty years ago, uh, before I had even started IEW, I was talking with her about Suzuki method, and. She said really interesting and important thing to me. I've always remembered. She said, her name is Margaret Dornay. She lives in Seattle. Who knows? Maybe she's still alive and listening. (laughs) But she said, when you teach a system based on truth, Mm -hmm. you're teaching people truth. And that's so clear to me now. Right. You know, where, yeah, I'll teach you the mechanics of the system and the underlying foundation, But if it's truly true, there will be application way beyond that. So I love to get letters and comments like that. Yeah,
1: Great. You talk about the philosophy of education kind of things that you weave in there, your methodology. Well, our next mailbag, fan mail, comes from a mom of twins. So she gave us some feedback on our iTunes page on the Arts of Language podcast page. Mm -hmm. She says, I've been sitting here trying to think of a clever title to catch your eye. (laughs) And the only one I could think of was, Jillie and Andrew are the best. (laughs) Because that is what I think every time I listen to them. I'm an old homeschooling mom. Old as in literally. Not as if I'm (laughs) homeschooling forever. Who beats her head against a wall frequently because she doesn't know why she's doing this. Then I listen to Andrew, and I know why. Yes, he's the writing guy, and his products are head and shoulders above the rest, but he's also the big picture guy. Every podcast is truly a lesson in the arts of language, and I would emphasize arts. You will also learn more about educating children and how to educate children as individuals than you can possibly imagine. If you're not using their products and are interested in them, you will be quickly won over. If you are a user and just curious about the podcast, you will soon think you're a genius for using his products. (laughs) I will usually save a couple episodes and then binge listen. Then I'm done. I'm usually disappointed because I want more, and thankfully there will be. Julie, you are a delight to listen to. Thank you for making this podcast a delight to listen to and learn from.
0: How much did we pay her to write know. that one? No. I don't know. <laughs> well, one thing is, uh, your smile definitely comes through. I mean, mm-hmm. I sit here across the table from <laughs> you every week or so, and and you're always smiling. You know, I, I have to like make myself smile, <laughs> but you're always smiling, and it comes through, so people know. But they, you know, more than that, they know we we love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Her message reminded me of that article I wrote. Gosh. Many years ago, probably eight, nine years ago, called "What are we really doing here?"
1: What are we really doing here? Yeah, that was like yeah, ten years ago.
0: That's in in the book, mm-hmm. right? However, imperfectly, it's the collected articles of my life. I think that's such a great question for us always to be asking, whether it's you know at home in the homeschooling world or facing you know a few rows of kids in a classroom day mm-hmm. after day, or running a business or a ministry. What are we really doing? Mm -hmm. Not just what's our immediate goal or what are we supposed to be doing, but what are we really doing? And then that informs the significance of our work. And for me, at least, and I think for moms like this, it helps us say, yes, going the extra mile, putting in the effort needed to continue on to – what's the the big meme – Keep calm and carry on. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I went to the um, coffee place. It was a little espresso booth thing, and they gave me a cup of coffee, and they put a little thing on top of the hole in the plastic cup holder, you know, so you don't spill it when mm-hmm. you go over a bump. Right, right, right. And it was this little square thing that said, stay calm. It said, what "Was it keep calm and stay classy. <laughs> so I put it on my nice. driver's uh, <laughs> wheel there, the steering <laughs> wheel. But but it is kind of that, that, you know, keep calm and carry on. But what does that require? Mm-hmm. It requires what Winston Churchill was able to give to the British Commonwealth nations was the vision. Mm-hmm. What are we really doing here?
1: So one of our listeners says, we've been using IEW's TWSS at home, and I really appreciate hearing more of the approach, especially beyond the curriculum, i.e. reading broadly and widely. Memorize good stuff and do it again and again.
0: Yeah, that's been something I've been stumping for yes. very actively, strongly, continuously.
1: As long as I've known you.
0: For, you yeah, know, 15, 17 years. You know, I, I have a lot of talks on these things, mm-hmm. so I won't reiterate them all there. <laughs> it seems like we do need an apologetic it, it is essentially for cultivation of memory mm. in today's world. Mm. You know, technology, progressive education, everything has kind of pointed people towards, oh, well, you don't have to know it. What's the point of memorizing? You can just look it up, you, you know. And so we have to really understand the the greater... Idea mm-hmm. of what memory is. One of the things I love is word study mm-hmm. and looking at roots and origins and the hidden meaning. And one of the coolest things is in the Greek mythology there are the muses, right? right? The nine mm-hmm. muses who are the the gods that inspire, the goddesses that inspire the arts. Right. And there's a different muse for different arts. So. In the beginning of, um, you know, the Iliad, you know, sing, O goddess, of the anger of the son of Peleus, blah blah blah. Why does why does the poet invoke the muse? Because mm-hmm. that was that idea of inspiration, and that's where we get our word music. Oh, right? interesting! Music sure, of course, music comes from the muses. Now, here's the great thing about this: the mother of the muses mm-hmm. was Menesene. And Menesene was the goddess of memory. Mm. So memory is essentially the mother of the arts.
1: Oh, interesting. Sure.
0: And so when we memorize, we're furnishing the mind mm-hmm. with those faculties, with, with those assets, if you will, that then allow that greater artistry. And we furnish the mind primarily through what we hear, the reading, and then what we memorize. There's a, a quote from from Basil. Some people believe it's from Saint Basil the Great. Other people believe it's from this other Basil, who was not a saint but kind of a Italian poet from the medieval period. Okay. But the quote stands, you know, on its own. Memory is the cabinet of imagination, the treasury of reason, the registry of conscience, and the council chamber of thought. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. Yeah. So that cabinet of imagination, we can't we can't imagine things that we haven't furnished ourselves
1: mm-hmm. with. Right. So. Open a book. We don't want to be Mother Hubbard where we open the cupboard and there's nothing and in it, there. Yeah. But see, now if you know the old Mother Hubbard poem from Mother Goose, you will already have started furnishing your cabinet <laughs> and your, cab- your cupboard will not be bare. There we go. <laughs> One
0: of the books that had a strong influence on me, about that time, about 17 years ago, mm-hmm. was uh, by John Sr. And uh, in that, he was talking about literature. And he said, you, you have to learn Mother Goose mm. to be able to love Willie Shakespeare. Okay. <laughs>
1: Willie Shakespeare. Yeah. That's funny. That's cute. Okay, this, this is a long letter, but I think it's a lovely long letter.
0: Well, you're choosing them, so I am. go for it.
1: This is from Elizabeth E., and she's a member of a co-op. Okay. I purchased IEW's writing course based on a recommendation from a homeschooling dad who said all four of his children with very different learning styles had loved it and done quite well with it. I was so pleased with it that I purchased several other course materials and have been very happy with those as well. I have been extremely happy with the writing program. My 12-year-old son, who has always hated and avoid writing at all costs, is nearly finished with the student writing intensive level B. His writing has improved. But what I love most about IEW's program is the assignments are short enough and clear enough that he does them and doesn't feel overwhelmed. He still isn't crazy about writing. We kind of talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. But this is the only program I have tried that he has been willing to work with, and I know it's because the assignments don't feel overwhelming to him. There's more, but do you want to comment right there?
0: Well, I think anyone who has or meets children who dislike writing, you know, they dislike it because of a history of Mm -hmm. frustration. And almost always that frustration is the problem of being overwhelmed. Mm Mm-hmm. Overwhelmed with the complexity of the process. And, you know, when I first saw this writing program with Dr. Webster in Canada back in 1990, the thing that struck me was that this was like a Suzuki method Mm -hmm. approach of breaking the whole process into very small, manageable steps.
1: Right, right.
0: So that you didn't get overwhelmed trying to do too many things at once. And you could just do the first thing first, and then mm-hmm. the second thing second, and third thing third, and then you work through it. And gradually those steps start getting bundled together right. over the nine units and the years and mm-hmm. the mastery. But it's still so concrete and systematic that I've heard of very few kids that don't have success. Right, And I think that's the main comforting thing is just... What do I do first? That's all I want to know. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can do that. Now what do I do? Okay, I can do that rather than here's this whole big thing you have to somehow absorb and create.
1: Right, right. I love hearing your students coming out of your writing class saying, all we have to do is just (laughs) this little bit. And, of course, it's the beginning of the year, and I know that you're going to sneak more in on them. I also recently started my 11-year-old daughter on the same program. She loves to write and is thrilled to have some guidance and a way to work on this skill despite minimal input from me. The videos of Mr. Pudua teaching have been super helpful for this since she can watch on her own. I've gone over her rough drafts with her, but that is all the help she has needed from me up to this point.
0: Yeah, so there's a family. They've got, you know, two kids she's mentioned, and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. In the introduction to the teaching, writing, instruction style, I talk about the two ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and the, you know, 18-page girl and the boy who would rather scrub the toilets. And it's a little bit perhaps uh, either stereotyping or a little bit of hyperbole, but most people can relate to that and that both ends of that spectrum benefit from the structure, the system, the order that it gives them. One, to help them be able to do something, and the other, to help them do what they do even better. So it is delightful and fun to hear of a family that's experiencing that firsthand.
1: Oh, but wait, there's more. I told you it was a longer oh, okay. one, but she's got more great things to say. I am also doing IEW's grammar program, Fix It, Fix it. beginning with the nose tree with both children. Again, the assignments are short and simple enough that it is not overwhelming. Because both children are already more advanced, we frequently do two to four days worth at once to get through the lower level book at a faster pace and and move on to more advanced materials. I have found the teacher's guide to be very helpful in explaining anything I've had questions about, so we have had no trouble understanding the concepts. I enjoy the notes on more advanced concepts. She must be, you know, a secret grammar guru. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) And appreciate that it does not expect the students to work through them if it is beyond their interest.
0: Well, one of the... um... The interesting things I used to coach parents about practicing violin with Mm. their kids at home is stop before the child wants to. You know, if you're, you know, doing any activity, whatever it is, but practicing a violin, there's usually kind of a curve, right? You know, you start out and it's going well, it's going well, it's going well, it's getting better, everything's great, and then the child hits the top of that attention curve, and and after the top it's a very straight down drop it's like okay i'm tired i'm done let's right. let's move on i can't do this anymore i mean we all have that for everything mm-hmm. we do but it's interesting for children so i always point out to the parents you know if you can stop anywhere before they hit the top of that attention curve well everything everything is going to be better because they the aftertaste the experience will be oh that was fun i want to do that again right but a lot of times, you know, we as parents, we, we want to push it. Oh, it's going so well. Well, let's just milk this for all it's mm-hmm. worth. Let's just keep going, keep going. We try to artificially push that mm-hmm. attention curve up, but it never works. Yep. And we end up stopping on the downside, at which point the after flavor is, oh, gosh, I'm tired. I hope I don't have to do that again.
1: I hope I don't have to do it again. It's You know, it's really interesting. We have both experienced that lesson. Independently, I learned that in my undergraduate program, in my recreation classes. Recreation. To end a recreational activity before the climax so the kids want more mm-hmm. and want to come back for more. So isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah, well, it's a universal truth. And so I think the shortness of the lessons is what allows parents to do that more easily. Uh, they're not complex. They're not huge. They're not overwhelming. Although if this woman sticks with the fix-it long enough, Mm -hmm. she will hit a point of real challenge because I have tried to do the fix-it book six. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is is a challenge.
1: Okay. One last paragraph she has here because she has multiple children. I am also using linguistic development through poetry memorization course with all my children. I have been very pleased that even my three-year-old enjoys the poems and can recite several of the shorter ones. He loves participating in school with the older children, and the poems are funny and engaging. This is something all my children are enjoying. Overall, I am very pleased with all the materials I have purchased from IUW and would highly recommend them.
0: Yeah, I've heard so many stories. And, you know, I get people send me emails with links to YouTube videos of their children reciting oh, right. poetry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it is it is fascinating to see the delight mm-hmm. that children have, particularly younger ones, in being able to recite poetry with a little bit of skill or flair, confidence. You know, probably the, the most delightful story I ever heard was a, a mom who said that, her son, who's, I think he was 10 years old at the time, and he was halfway through level three, which meant he had memorized around 50 poems. Right. She said his favorite privilege is to go to retirement homes and recite poems mm-hmm. for elderly people, just random old people, just go tell some poems. Of course, you know, they're all old poems, they're right. all public domain. Right. And those are the poems those folks were probably learning when they were in school 60, 70, 80 years ago.
1: Yep. Well, I'm sure I could read more, but our timekeeper has told us we're out of time. Mm. So it is is such a delight to work with and for you, Andrew, and knowing that what we are doing here really is an important work. And thank you to our listeners for sharing our joy. I hope you didn't feel like this was too much of tooting our own horn, (laughs) but that you really are happy for us and that we can partner with you on this educational journey so thank you
0: when i like to mention also that part of what lets us make these podcasts mm. go over well is our excellent technical team
1: oh yes indeed
0: it it isn't <laughs> as smooth in recording them as it might sound to the people listening
1: we'll never do these live because there's a lot of editing that goes on between
0: that might be a little frightening it would be frightening so
1: thanks guys thank you Maria for your help with this thanks so much for joining us If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.